Well, if you would remain standing for the reading of God's word, it's a pleasure to welcome Dr. Futado back to the pulpit. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Joshua, the first chapter. Let's give careful attention to the public reading of God's word as it's found in Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise." Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only remember, may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever your command may be to them, will put them to death. Only be strong and courageous. May the Lord bless the reading and preaching of his word to each of our hearts this morning. Let's pray. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us by your word, which is truth, and who has called us to engage in the study of that word. We pray that you would sweeten this part of your word to our hearts, that together we might grow in our knowledge of you and ourselves and the world that you have made that we might more enjoy the calling that you have given to us and that we might honor you more along the path of life. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, your Son and our Savior. Amen.
Be seated, please. Well, uh, um, Glenn has a good memory. Well, we were chatting in the uh, pastor's office before the service, and um, he saw the text, and he said, you preached on this text. <laughs> I, I thought I'd get away with it. <laughs> in fact, he said, you preached on this text the Sunday after Mike Malone left. preached three sermons on those nine verses. I have a, I have a witness here testifying <laughs> to the truth of it. Am I not on? Good now. Thank you. Um, so we did the first nine verses in three sermons. I thought it would be appropriate to go back and do those nine verses again. But then I thought it's really appropriate to do the whole chapter, so we have to do those three sermons and the rest of the chapter in one sermon, so we got to go kind of quickly through this material. We're just going to hit some of the highlights. Now, there is a natural divide in this text at verse 9. The first nine verses are really uh, the Lord preaching a sermon to Joshua after the death of Mike Malone, I mean Moses. And the, the rest of the chapter is, is Joshua sending that word of the Lord to the congregation. So I have two simple uh, points here. My first point is uh, the Lord's word for Seth. That's the first nine verses. And then my, you can listen though. And my second uh, point is the Lord's word for the congregation. That's the second half of the text. So let's look at those first nine verses, the Lord's word for Seth. Uh, Seth, the Lord has really three things for you, big picture out of this text, and the first one is get ready. Did, did you notice how the text uh, says, um, now then, get ready to cross. Uh, you've gone through a time of preparation, that's the way the Lord always works. A long time ago, Francis Schaeffer wrote a book called Joshua and the Flow of Biblical History. I don't remember much out of the book, but I do remember the beginning of it, uh, because the book is about Joshua's ministry in the book of Joshua. However, he starts by looking at all the places where we met Joshua already in Exodus, in Numbers, in Deuteronomy, and he looks at each one of those and sh shows how God was doing something special in Joshua's life at each stage to prepare him for the moment that we encounter in Joshua chapter 1. You know, God did the same thing for Moses, right? Uh, Moses had a lot of interesting experiences, including being abandoned by his mother, left to float in a, a reed boat in the river, to be taken up and raised in somebody else's home. All of those kind of mistakes that we might think about, yet they were all planned by God to prepare Moses for the calling that God had for him in his day. And in the same way, God prepared Joshua for the calling that he had in his day. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Seth, there has been a time of preparation. All of your ministry experiences, your family experiences, even going back to your early childhood experiences. Now, I'm sure your parents weren't like the rest of us. They probably never made any mistakes in rearing you. But even if they did maybe make one or two, as the, in the words of my 
favorite uh, Reformed theologian whom I have often quoted here, Barbara Streisand. Um, <laughs> there are no mistakes, only lessons to be learned from them. God has been at work, Seth, in your life, in your family's life, shaping you just for the moment that we find right now. There's been a time for preparation, but now is the time for action. Now then, get ready to cross. Uh, that now then uh, functions in Hebrew really to focus uh, our attention on something new that is about to take place. It draws our attention to the following words, get ready to cross. Now some of your translations might say get up and cross, yes? Um, but th this language doesn't presume that Joshua's like sitting down and he has to stand up. Uh, the expression uh, get up and cross, get ready to cross is simply saying now is the time for action. Uh, God has prepared the congregation. God has prepared you, Seth, and your family uh, for this wonderful marriage that is taking place today. And now is the time for action. Um, second word, have faith. You're going to need faith. Uh, three promises that God gave to Joshua, and he gives them to you as well. Uh, he says, I will give you the land. Some of your translations say the land I am about to give. Um, it's really emphatic. It's, this is like I will give you in bold, underline, change the color of the font. There's a promise to Joshua that he is going to give the land to the people. Now, you're not Joshua. We're in a different spot in redemptive history. Uh, the inheritance that we are striving to possess is not a piece of real estate anywhere on this earth. That real estate is actually heaven. You, in a sense, have a much higher calling than Joshua had. Joshua was calling the people to enter what was just a, a shadow. It was a dress rehearsal of a deeper reality, and that deeper reality is heaven. And um, God is promising to you and to your family and to this congregation that He will give you that possession. And so you always have to keep your eye on the end game. Uh, pastoring is like the stock market. But it always goes up. It always goes up. And uh, the end is sure. God is going to bring you and this congregation home to that final uh, resting place and his design is that you all are engaged together in bringing a lot of other people here in Vero Beach with you. I will give you heaven. No one will be able to stand against you. Uh, in our day and age, you can expect opposition in one way or another. Uh, but there's that wonderful promise, no one will be able to stand against you. You are on the winning side. We sang, a mighty fortress is our God. We sang that the victory is sure. It is not in doubt. Uh, and so even though there might be minor setbacks, there might be minor kinds of opposition, there's no ultimate opposition. Ultimately, no one can keep you from reaching your goal of leading your family and leading this congregation into that final destination. And the third promise is, I will be with you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Uh, Jesus said this exact same thing to us as the church when he was, he probably had this text in mind when he was leaving this, his earthly ministry. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, enter heaven and bring other people with you. 
uh, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And surely you got to remember one thing. I am always with you to the very end. And so get ready, have faith. And uh, the third word is be strong and courageous. Did you notice in the reading of the text, we're told that three times? Hebrew mothers, repeat your point to make sure that people get the main idea. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now, why would God repeat this three times? For one reason. He knows us. He knows our tendency. He knows our, that we are prone. We're prone to be afraid when we face the future. He knows that when things don't immediately go the way we planned, we're prone to get discouraged. Uh, Seth, there will be times when you'll be prone to be afraid of what's coming next in your pastoral ministry here. Uh, there will be times when you're going to be prone to be discouraged. I want you to know that in those moments, God is not sitting in heaven berating you, saying, oh, what is wrong with you, Seth? Why are you afraid? Why are you discouraged? I know it might sound a little trite, but God is your greatest cheerleader. In those moments, God is sitting in heaven saying, Seth, be strong. Seth, be courageous. I am on your side. And if I am for you, who can be against you? Have faith, Seth. Uh, be strong and courageous. Uh, God knows. He knows, He understands, and He is for you. More than anybody on earth, God is for you, and so no one can be against you. Now, the Lord's word for the congregation, verses uh, 10 through the end of the chapter. You guys get your get ready as well. Notice it says, get your provisions ready, because you are in a new phase of your ministry here. Uh, there was uh, a, a Bernie Van Eyck phase in the Environmental Center. There probably aren't a lot of you that remember Bernie Van Eyck in the Environmental Center. Who does? Who was here back then? Uh, that's, a, that's a small number. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the Bernie Van Eyck Center was the beginning of the Mike Malone phase. And uh, that was still in the Environmental Center, but the Mike Malone phase moved us from the Environmental Center to the school with the shark on the wall behind us. Now, who was here for the shark on the wall? Okay, more of you were here for the shark on the wall phase. Uh, and then Mike led us in another phase, and that's into this property. Uh, where the swap was made for the real estate, uh, and, and you moved into this property, uh, still in the Mike Malone phase. Uh, and then you went into that uh, kind of large, long uh, pulpit supply phase. Uh, and all of this is under God's providential care congregation. God knows what he's doing. His timing is perfect. And now you are entering the Seth phase, the Seth Wallace and his family phase. Get ready, get your provisions ready because you are entering a new phase in the life of this congregation. It's the same journey. 
It's the same journey from where you were to where you are, from where you are to where God wants you to be, where God wants you. You've grown so much from the days when somebody carried a little keyboard into the environmental center and there were maybe 20 people there, 25 people. Uh, You've grown so much in so many ways. You've matured as a congregation and you have not yet arrived. There's more growth to be experienced. There's more growth in your relationships. There's more growth in your sanctification. There's more growth in your ministry to the community that you, all, you love and you already minister to. Uh, but it's a new phase, and so you've got to get your provisions ready uh, to enter that new phase of your ministry. So the Lord's word for you, first of all, is get ready. Second, it is remember. Remember the commandments. Did you hear that in the text? Remember the commandments. Uh, Remember the Ten Commandments. One thing I appreciate about the worship here is that the first Sunday of every month is before the second Sunday of every month. And the second Sunday of every month is the celebration of the Lord's Supper. And so on the first Sunday of every month, there's the reading of the Ten Commandments. Uh, Don't take that lightly. Remember the commandments of God. They're the basic uh, marching orders that He has given us. And if the Ten Commandments are too long of a text to remember, then at least remember the summary. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Remember the commandments of God as you march forward uh, into this new phase of your ministry. And remember also to help each other along the way. You see, there were the two and a half tribes that were given land on the east side of the Jordan. But they were given land on the east side of the Jordan um, with one condition. That before they really took full possession of it, they had to go with, all the fighting men had to go with the other tribes onto the west side of the Jordan to help them take possession of their land. And then once that was over, they could go back and take possession of the east side of the Jordan. Do you see how God's always designed it this way? He's always designed it this way that as we're on this pilgrimage to heaven, your feet have to take every step. Nobody can take those steps for you, but you do not take those steps alone. You walk together as a congregation. And so you must remember to help each other along the way. You see, God has called Seth to do a special job, and that special job is not everything. It is not. There is so much ministry that has to take place in the life of a congregation, it's not possible for Seth to do it all. So this is not the time to say, we got our pastor, we can sit back and relax. This is the time to get your provisions ready and to remember that you have got to minister to each other. You've got to help each other along the way, and you've got to remember that Seth and Leslie and the children are now part of your each other. That you've got to help them because you're all moving toward that glorious destiny. So get ready, remember commit. Now, this is a committed group, so I'm preaching to the choir, but even the choir needs reminding. Uh, Did you notice how the the people said, we will do, we will go, we will obey. 
uh, as, as Seth comes and he commits himself to you, you commit him, yourselves to him and to the life of this congregation. Uh, there are expectations. You have expectations of Seth. You have hopes. You have dreams. He does too. And um, he sure is hoping that you're going to come alongside him, that you're going to be committed to the ministry here, uh, that you're going to each do your part. Your, your parts are so varied. You're all so different, so wonderful, uh, so many different kinds of experiences to add to the life of the congregation. Just commit yourself this morning uh, in the presence of God and each other. Commit yourselves to doing your part uh, in the ministry of this local congregation as you move forward together. And my final point is support. Notice at the end of the text it says only and then it says, only, Hebrew mothers, repeat it, get their attention. It says, only twice in order to focus your attention on this final point, support. And in particular, congregation, support Seth. Support Seth uh, with your prayers. Look at that first only. Only may the Lord your God be... These are the people talking to Joshua. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. The people are praying for Joshua. Pray for Seth. Uh, there are so many things that he's going to need you to pray for him for. But above everything else, if you can only pray one prayer for Seth daily, just simply pray, Lord... Would you be with Seth in everything that he does today? Because it's the presence of God in his ministry that will make an eternal difference. So support Seth with your prayers. Uh, pray for him and support Seth with your encouragement. Look at that last only. Only be strong and courageous. Isn't it interesting that this is the threefold word that the Lord gave to Seth? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. And just so that we know that that really is a key idea, it's repeated one more time. But this time, it's not the Lord speaking. It's you speaking. How wonderful it is for Seth to be in his office by himself and to be reading the Word of God and to hear words of affirmation from God, to hear words of encouragement, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. But you know, I'm guessing that Seth hasn't seen God lately. I'm guessing he hasn't felt the arms of God around him. I'm guessing he hasn't heard God audibly. See, how can you love God whom you haven't seen if you don't love your neighbor whom you see every day, that principle. See, Seth not only needs to hear these words of affirmation from God through reading the word, but he needs God to be showing up in human flesh and blood in you. He needs you to hear him say, I'm on your side. Good job. Love the way things are moving. Uh, how can I help? Those words of affirmation need to not only come directly from God through the reading of the Scriptures, 
but indirectly through you as flesh and blood spokespeople for God, affirming Him, encouraging Him, supporting Him. Well, let me conclude by talking about one other book. Started with a book, let's end with the book. This one is by Ralph Davis. Uh, He was a seminary professor and then a pastor and then a seminary professor and then a pastor and then a seminary professor and a pastor. Wonderful teacher, wonderful preacher. He wrote a book on Joshua also called No Falling Words. Kind of a strange title. Unless you get the point and as, uh, as Ralph shows... Reading the text in Hebrew, uh, we go to Joshua 23, 14, where Joshua says, Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. In case we didn't get the point. Every promise has been fulfilled. In case we still might have missed it, not one has failed. Now, that word promise in my text is just a good old garden variety Hebrew word for word. And the word failed is the good old garden variety word for fall. Here's where Ralph Davis gets his title for the book. No falling words. No failed promises. See, Seth, your hope is not in how vibrant the elders and the deacons and the congregation is. Congregation, your hope is not in what a wonderful pastor Seth is going to be. All of those things are all true. And we have to remember that all of them are subordinate to the highest thing, and that is that God has promised you no falling words. Every promise that He has given you will succeed. Not one of them will fail. And how do we know that? Because of what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises of God there are, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So, to the glory of God, can more than one of us be willing to say this morning, I know we got one Amen coming. But can we have more than one, to the glory of God, say amen. Amen. Amen.